0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, and indeed, there is a war much more than we can even comprehend, I think. But let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are God, that you are real, that you do exist. And Lord God, I ask that your will be done in and through us right now, through rescue radio as it's being done and declared in heaven, and that you would draw the people to listen, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand to comprehend what it is you're saying to us and through your word, Father God, even in the creation all around us, how you have left your fingerprints, your signatures on everything that you have made. And I pray, Father God, that we uh would be able to understand and comprehend and receive that revelation. I thank you, Lord God, that no um uh weapon formed against us or against you will prevail because you have promised, Lord God, to keep us to protect us to to, uh, you are our strong tower, a place of refuge. So tonight, as we're um, exploring these questions about the existence of God, the reality of God, may you give each of us an understanding and an, an explanation that is simple, that is reasonable, and that works. And Father God, uh, again, we thank you that we might, you cause us to speak as the oracles of God. We thank you for this opportunity. We bind confusion. We bind the work of the thief who would try to snatch this word from us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we want to welcome you again, and uh, my uh, co-host and partner is back with us again tonight. Hi, Jerry.
2: Great to be here, Marjorie. We're, we're, we're going to be on a roll here in a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, um, before we get started, I'd like to invite people to roll with us, and if you want to, we have been exploring some of the 150 questions that were collected a couple of years ago by various um, seekers of God, and uh, we're kind of working through the list, and tonight we're on question number two, can you believe it, and the question is, how do we know that God exists, how do we know that God exists, or how do we know that God is real, and so we're going to invite you to join us tonight if you have any comments or questions or things you want to make uh direction additions 347-215-8051 and we really enjoy your participation with us we've had callers from time to time and it always uh makes everything so much more fun. So, okay, do you if, if you were uh you know and again these questions and how we respond, I think more and more people are just kind of becoming very skeptical of God. God is getting pushed out of the uh, out of the, the minds, out of the hearts, uh, society, the media. There's isn't the movies. There is really no turning to God or mention of God, except of course if you're going to tune into some of those gospel
2: channels or stations. But uh, in in our everyday life,
1: there is really no mention of God.
2: Well, there there are so many different concepts of who God is. Yeah. Uh uh there's so many there's so many traditions, oriental uh thinking, philosophies, religions or gods that come plural. up mm-hmm. right with uh, a, a different uh, definition or explanation of God. So mm-hmm. he is defined in many, many ways by many, many people, by many, many cultures.
1: In man's terms.
2: In in human terms, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I think the, the first and the best way to get a definition of God is to get get it from him, straight from his own word, who he says that he is. And with that, we're, I'm going to start out really quick, and then we're going to go on. Well, before we even turn there, let me just kind of play with this for a minute. You know, if someone would ask me, how do you know that God exists? I would say to them, well, what is your other option? Is there another option? Uh is there no God that is there an option that there is no God? And then can you prove that he does not exist? Can you prove that he does not exist? People have been, you know, trying to do that for centuries and even most recently in the plots and theories of evolution to undermine creation, undermine the existence or the necessity of there being a God. Mm -hmm. We've had to relegate everything to the category of monkeys and, um, So if there's no God, we have to explain the existence of everything, including ourselves, without him. Um, And so this can get to be a little complicated, if you ask me.
2: Well, it gets to be a form of denial, Mm -hmm. you know, because as we will explore tonight, that the facts about the existence of God, the truth of the existence of God, and we're talking about the God that God, as he has revealed himself to us mm-hmm. in the Holy Scriptures. In the the
1: creator of all the things. The creator mm-hmm. of
2: all things. And Including so, us. Right. So that's that's where we're coming from. So it's it's the reaction, mm-hmm. the influence of, uh, of Satan upon human beings yeah. to mm-hmm. rationalize, to imagine. Well,
1: to, to bring up the question, always shedding doubt on the obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, did God say, as mm-hmm. Satan the serpent said to mm-hmm. Eve, did God say? And now, it's, is there really a God? And how can you prove it? Well, I couldn't prove the non-existence of God. I mean, how would you do that? I mean, you, you, how do we explain all the things that, you know, we use evolution to explain a lot of things, but really evolution doesn't explain anything. It is, you know, we're not going to go there so much tonight, but Certainly. really it's its a—it's such a, uh, what's the word, um, faulted, um irrational uh, unscientific explanation of anything that they can't explain anything it would be
2: the height of arrogance to say that there's no god because that means you would have to know everything yeah you would have to we make ourselves you, the god you would have to know mm-hmm. everything about everything to say definitively and conclusively that there is no god
1: and yet we and can't who, even
2: human yeah. being can
1: well, we can't even create the smallest things. I mean, we're doing, we're mixing kinds and GMOs, and don't get me wrong. I just read the other day they're now making GMO mosquitoes. Yay. Okay, uh, you can check that out later. It's not good, but it reminded me of this of that verse in Revelations about the locusts that were going to be coming. And the, but anyway, but, you know, going back to this question, you know, to get rid of the concept of God, we had to agree that we were no different than monkeys, you know. And uh, what was that that you said today about monkeys?
2: Well, you know, a lot of people say that we are not much different than chimpanzees, mm-hmm. but the, the the difference there's a very distinct difference between human beings and chimpanzees in that uh, chimpanzees do not believe in evolution. <laughs>
1: Chimpanzees do not believe in evolution. Okay, so that does that make them smarter than us? Then,
2: well, yeah, you you decide. <laughs> yeah, I know
1: it's it's stupid, but anyway. So yeah, and here's another question with the with the monkey thing. So if there is evolution and everything's evolving, then some of the monkeys aren't evolving because they're still monkeys. While others have evolved into being humans. So how did they know which monkeys were going to stay back and be monkeys, and which ones were going to evolve into Homo sapiens? Um, how do the trees know how to, you know, go through their seasons and, and get blossoms first and then fruit and then drop their leaves and they do it in the right order? How, how, how is it they don't get mixed up? And, um, oh, I have a question, too. You know, if, if everything comes from one cell, like the, the the division and the amoeba and thing like that, why is it that, how is it that the, the, the two cells that began a human being, we, we have a trillion cells in our body right now? You know, more than a trillion. I think it's like three trillion, but we'll just, it's a big number, more mm-hmm. than one, more than two. Mm-hmm. So how did those first two cells differentiate and become some decided to be organs, uh, some be bones, some vessels, some blood? Um, how come they didn't all become a liver or a kidney? How did they know how to separate and dis- what is running this thing?
2: Right. If you do not say that there is a God, then you have to say, you have to explain, everything Mm -hmm. came from nothing for no reason, (laughs) from nobody.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. So, what is that? Where does that put us? Everything came from nothing for no reason.
2: That puts us stupid.
1: Yeah, that puts us in trouble. Uh, But somebody obviously is coveting this world and trying to take it in a direction. So, there's someone who's trying to, I think, run off with. The Earth and all that pertains to it and and um it's not God, God has come to redeem us, so that process the, uh, they call that organogenesis when
2: mm-hmm. the organs differentiate differentiate like part of you when you mm-hmm. when you were formed in your mother's womb, part of the cells went and became a liver and kidney mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. heart and so forth mm-hmm. yeah organogenesis, mm-hmm. and that's just how how is it that that process uh just yeah. This happens inside the womb
1: and anybody, millions
2: of times.
1: Yeah, and, and there's a reproduction of kind after kind. I mean, and all this thing is done in, in order. I mean, there's a, the, the humankind brings forth humans. The birds bring, bring forth birds. They don't bring forth frogs. Of course, now with the meddling and the, the cross-pollination of things, with God, by the way, in Genesis said, do not mix the kinds. He said, don't mix tomatoes with fish. Don't mix glowworms with um, pigs.
2: And that's a whole topic in
1: itself, because
2: there's so much of that that actually is going on.
1: That's perverting the creation. But nonetheless, they have to start with something. So going back to this, even looking at what we're seeing, um, let's look at who God calls himself. I think in Isaiah, we have a very good um, beginning of the scripture where he says in Isaiah 42, the Lord is talking and he says, I love this when God tells us about who he is. He says, says, thus says God, the Lord. Oh, um, I'm sorry. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 42, verse 5. Who created the heavens and stretched them out. Who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it. Who gives breath to the people on it. And spirit to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. And will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring them out of prison, prisoners out of prison houses, those who sit in darkness from the prison houses. I am the Lord, that is my name. So he's talking very specifically about who he is, and he is not only um, knows what he's doing and knows why he's done it, but he's also inviting us to join him in the purpose. So going back to the question, how do we know God exists, where do you suppose that question even comes from?
2: Well, I would say it comes from the devil.
1: Oh, why would the devil want to plot, plot or plant that question in he, our he mind? He wants
2: to create doubt and denial of the existence of God and our uh, thereby our accountability to God our, yeah. and, our, and our nature to undercut our nature, undermine that, it, yeah, undermine it. That we are just um, evolved, we just evolved out of mm-hmm. protoplasm, ectoplasm, slime, whatever, like that, and mm-hmm. that we are not. So it 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 basically attacks our very nature, Divine nature, our dignity
1: mm-hmm.
2: as 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 human beings created in the likeness and image of God.
1: So if Satan really wants to um, make us feel unworthy, unholy, not good, bad. You know, despicable um or irrelevant, and all of it we only get our our definition and our purpose and destiny and direction from God, and so if the devil can get God knocked out of the picture or put a lot of doubt and denial there, then of course we flounder around and and everything becomes anything it wants you want it to be
2: and it becomes a very hopeless situation right it's really there's in a sense there's really no laws, no rules, anything goes doesn't really matter what you do, who you are. You're just kind of a throwaway accident.
1: Yeah, an accident indeed.
2: Yeah, yeah. and so.
1: But, well, if yeah. we're an accident, then who cares? And then if you don't, if who cares, if nobody cares, I, I don't matter. Um, then we become, you know, we're not special. Um, there's nothing about us that's desirable. We're not lovable. And I think a lot of people go into that place of despair because they're not raised. A lot of kids these days aren't even raised with the concept of uh, a creator, God or a, a supreme being of any kind.
2: You just kind of do whatever comes along. Uh, do your best to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of go along with the flow of things. Decide what you want to do. Uh, uh, Paul talks in Ephesians 2 about uh, the, the, the people at the church of Ephesus there before they became believers. They were busy fulfilling the desires of their flesh. Their their, their human nature that has uh, really turned from God and fulfilling the desires of their minds. So that's that's you know you're basically mm-hmm. dealing with your bodily appetites mm-hmm. and your imaginations. Right. That's what you've got to go on. That's all you got left if you don't have God in the picture.
1: And we can see a lot of people who have tried to go that route. But back to the scripture in um, Isaiah chapter forty. Verse 12, we're, we're seeing about the character of God and kind of a picture of the um, the greatness of God in, in the analogies of what he's saying. The question is asked, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span, and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, um, weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance? You stop and think about the mountains, the hills, the oceans, if he's if he's holding the oceans or measuring them in the hollow of his hand this kind of gives you a picture of the greatness the the awesome uh enormous infinite power of god he's measuring the the heavens with a span if you stretch your finger your thumb and your uh first finger together that's a span he's me- he's using he's using a span to measure things that we think are Um, you know, so numerous they can't even be counted. Weighing the mountains in a scale, that's a pretty big scale. Um, The spirit who has directed the spirit of the Lord or as his counselor has taught him, um, with whom did he counsel, take counsel, and who instructed him, who taught him in the path of justice, who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding nobody. So obviously the people who ask that question are Super ignorant or super arrogant or maybe a little of both ignorance and arrogance because the only reason people don't want there to be a God is because, like you said a minute ago, there, then there's a, an accountability. But, but without God, there is no order. There's no purpose. There's no purpose to be here. There's nothing. It's, it's, it, we are, we're worthless without God. God is who gives us our identity and our destiny and our, our value.
2: And scripture says then just you know eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we die. Who and that's cares? the
1: philosophy of a lot of people that is
2: like who cares?
1: They just think they're going to go into the ground when they're dead and that's it and that is a terrible terrible um I don't know fallacy error plot deception whatever you want to call it that it's just like it, there's no no wonder they kill themselves. No wonder they don't care. No wonder they don't matter. No wonder they that nothing. They're apathetic, de- depressed um because without the concept of God and value and identity and purpose and meaning, um, we are pointless.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're pointless.
2: Yeah, some people really are under the impression that they are God, I am God, that everything is God. The trees are God, the insects are God, I am God, the stars are God. Mm-hmm. They equate the creation with God. Yeah. Now, the Bible warns, I'll just look at this in Romans chapter 1. How in the world can we uh, wor- worship and equate the creation as God? So let's take a look at this in Romans chapter 1. Yeah. <clears throat> it says, um, verse, starting with verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. So there really is a knowledge of God that really is placed right inside us.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um,
1: And the the light of this this world, God is the light of this world, but the, the false lights have tried to snuff it out.
2: Right, and that says, For the invisible things of him... From the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made,
0: mm-hmm.
2: even even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So he says, things that you can't see. I mean, the Bible says that uh, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. But the invisible things from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Now, uh, there are there are visible expressions of an invisible God and there are invisible. there's an invisible power mm-hmm. that has created and has sustains all creation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So being understood by the things of the made, so that they are, uh, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are, are without excuse.
1: Sure, so, so just hold up. Let's look at here. They are clearly seen. Invisible attributes, like you said, are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. So God gave all of us an a well, innate ability to right, recognize. Right,
2: and in Psalm 19, verse 1, it says, The heavens declare oh. the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. It okay. like we have a caller. Yes, yeah, so, hello?
3: See, I was wondering about this law of attraction. You know, if I Speak out into the universe, the universe is going to bless me. Well, oh, really? So, who is that universe that's going to bless me?
1: Well, I'm not sure if the law of attraction, how that applies for... I think it is um, you attract like things to yourself. And um, so, if you're empty and are looking for a blessing from a cold um, universe that... Really doesn't communicate with us in, in very uh, human ways. I'm not quite sure that law of attraction is going to be very fulfilling. I think you'd be better off if you would look at the creation around you: the birds singing, the the trees, the grass, the the beauty of the oceans, the the, the mountains, and see, like we just read, that the that the creation of God. We know God exists by what He does. How do you how do you you know? For example. How do you know that there is a Michelangelo? Well, you look at the Sistine Chapel or you look at their his uh statues of the David or whatever there's various artistic um things that he left as a product of his creation, creating those things, and you know that the Sistine Chapel didn't just evolve it just didn't it's not the result of years and years and billions of years of erosion and a corrosion that sort of formed all those. Etched all those figures on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in that particular way. So even the existence, like for example, of a book, you can't you can't say that book just put itself together. You can't say the creation just fell into place. You have to know that there's an author, that there's a creator, uh, that there's a, an artist behind it. And and as far as looking to the universe to in this law of attraction, uh, maybe you can help me understand a little bit more about what you're thinking it means. Uh, the Universe can't really give you anything it it just it's there um what do you what do you think that it's going to give you if you speak to it and and make it your what comfort your God?
3: I think it's about blessing. I think we all want to be blessed
1: mhm um well do you ever do you ever question yourself well where did the where did the universe come from the stars Well, the see, sky. that's
3: what I'm wondering about this whole universe concept because it's not very personal, right? But it's built into me to want to be blessed.
1: Exactly. It's it's built into you also to want to be known, to be loved, to be appreciated, to be a, uh praised, to be uh acclaimed. It's also built into you to want to do something. Uh important with purpose and meaning uh and and if that isn't nurtured as a child or isn't nurtured in your young life then you fail to i i think something happens where you just fail to be ignited and you, you fail to get even connected with your own life but when you see the glory of god or the greatness of him like it says in romans even the creation they were first instructed about truth and then they were deceived um, because it says although they knew God and they but they did not glorify him as God. If you're gonna give his glory to the universe that he made or to the, the oceans or to the sun, then go ahead. Jerry. Yes,
2: I, I just wanna read where Margie's uh reading. I wanna read it from the Amplified Bible. Okay. It gives the various shades of meaning in the original language here, but listen to this, Romans one twenty one. I'm just picking up where uh Margie left off here. Because when they knew and recognized him as God, they did not honor and glorify him as God or give him thanks, but instead they became futile and godless in their thinking with vain imaginations, foolish reasoning, and stupid speculations. And their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, professing to be smart, they made simpletons out of themselves mm-hmm. okay and and by them the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal god were exchanged for and represented by images resembling mortal man and birds and beasts exactly. and reptiles so and then it just goes on from there just to the futility, a whole skid, the stupidness. Mm-hmm. A skid mm-hmm. of immorality. Mm-hmm. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their own hearts to sexual impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, abandoning, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin because they exchanged the truth of God for mm-hmm. a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So, Amen. So they are, this universe... Thing. And so many times, people and there's different religions that say, "Well, you need to get in touch with yourself and find the God within and get in touch, be at one with." But the a universe.
1: lot of those, a lot of those uh, philosophies, New Age, etc. They they turn the animals into a god. Like you have the, the yes. rat gods, the elephant gods, the monkey gods, uh, the snake gods, the, the the dragons. And as you can see, there it's a degeneration from the very point of re- resisting or refusing to call God God and ex- acknowledge him as God.
2: How about the Hollywood gods?
1: Well, we have heroes and gods yeah. and stars and starlets and and all of these kinds of distractions. But the thing is, ultimately, if God is not does not exist, then who is God? Then you're going to have to be the God uh, in your own life, and you're going to have to come up with ways to explain how all this stuff got here that you have no way or power to control. I mean, for example... Um, the ecosystems, I mean, just look at the balances and the harmony and everything is living kind of dependent on everything else. And yet you and I can't even stop a raindrop from falling. And, you know, I mean, think, think we can mess with the heavens to create rain sometimes. But the sunshine that God gave us is free. The The air is, is reusable. I mean, it's not it's got no patent on it. It's got no it's not personal property. God has given uh, ro- property rights, I should say. God has given all of these things to us freely to enjoy. So let me my question is why can't we start out with the very first verses in Genesis in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Why do we find this so um offensive?
2: Well, we should be able to accept that because none of us were there at the creation of the world. Right.
1: So we can't justify so, one So it's one, like okay,
2: yeah. if that's what we we are told from the most reliable source in the universe. hmm That that's how it happened. He says God saying I did it.
1: So when you when you I did
2: it mm-hmm. and um you weren't there, so just just take believe it. me. He doesn't lie. He doesn't God does not go into a long treatise to try to prove his existence. He right. says, I did it.
0: Here's and the he proof. says,
2: Look at the creation. Look at the heavens that declare the glory mm-hmm. of God. The, the the stars, the planets, the universe, mm-hmm. everything, the creation is not to be worshipped, but, but it's, it's all a testimony, to, it's his, a testimony mm-hmm. to the workmanship and the reality and the beauty and the grace so and if the majesty of Almighty God.
1: If you're looking for a law like the law of attraction that you're talking about, um, is, is that law superior to the law of creation? Is that law superior to the Lord God who brought all things into existence through his word. Is that superior to the laws of justice and truth and freedom? You know, God wants truth, justice, and freedom for all of us. This law of attraction sounds kind of, you know, like it sort of sounds like karma to me. And karma is sort of like, it's like, okay, I want good things in my life. So to be able to ensure and control that fact and make sure that good things happen in my life I have to do good things for other people that's called a, part of that's in the bible it's called the law of sowing and reaping but a lot of times you are very good and still bad things happen to you it's not like we can control our future by manipulating and then we're actually not being good for the right reasons we're not being good for the sake of love we're being good because we want to um, you know uh, you know be paid back We're we're earning this this good thing that's happening, and so it's all about works. Whereas with God, the whole thing is all about grace and giving and not being able to earn it, Um, yet God gives it freely. So with karma, it also, again, like the law of attraction, it does not explain a lot of things. Why do good people suffer? If karma is the only uh, uh, law that works, then why, when people are good, they still are persecuted, they're still ripped off, they're still cheated, they're still uh, betrayed. So that law of karma does not answer that, whereas the the Bible says, all those who love God in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. And how about this, that with karma, the, it breaks down again in the fact that when you're asking, um, why do bad people keep getting good things? They keep, you know, the, the bad guys get the money, they get the breaks, they get the, you know, the favor, the positions. That doesn't fit either. So the law of karma or this law of attraction, um, I would really believe the only way the law of tra- attraction works is on a demonic principle that if you have a, a, it's like if you're drawing things to yourself because you're believing a lie, um, That, for example, people a lot of times, uh, if they're sexually abused, they will, there will be sort of a, a magnetic pull or a target on their back or something that will draw um, those things, those types of spirits to them, so they keep getting hurt over and over by the same things. Now, that's called the law of attraction, and I don't think that's a godly law. I don't think that that's a divine principle at all. So, I don't know, does that answer your question?
3: Or does it's it complicate world, it
1: for you? <laughs>
3: yeah, that answers, but now I'm thinking, well, you know, God seems like he's always mad, and but,
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know, if... if maybe science is going to prove that god isn't even real.
1: Well, let me it, ask you something. How do what what does it take to prove something real or not real? How do we know that god is not real? You know, I mean, uh science is actually observation. It observes what is and it measures it and it tries to look at enough observations to lay down a principle or a law to explain things and science has tried to explain things without using god in the in the um explanation like the big bang theory or you know evolution things like that but again those other theories and again go they don't answer they don't answer the event um for example in evolution you've got any number of opinions as to how old the earth is and ultimately it's a moot point because it doesn't really matter. Yes, we believe according to the word it is 6 years. I mean 6,000 years old. But it, it, you know, whatever the point is, that in that 6,000 years at the beginning of that 6,000 years God created Adam and Eve. What was going on billions and billions of years if anything, we don't know. It doesn't really matter because but the evolutionists say they have to have this 4 5 6 65 million billion years to make their theory work because they need so much time to do all this random uh, chance stuff, but the thing is, um, you know, if all the, if so much time is needed to, you know, achieve the adjustments necessary for survival of an individual, so so how is it that this organism ever gets it all figured out before it dies, for example, a giraffe, they say, well, giraffe's necks evolved, they elongated, so that he could eat the the, the food on the top of the trees, the leaves. thus he survived, but my question is, okay, well, what about all the giraffes that lived over millions of years, if there was such a thing? And they were waiting for their necks to evolve so they could eat food. I mean, they would have died long before their necks evolved because they needed a million. So how does this even make any sense? So, again, I think your question is not, is God real? But is he mean? Do I like him? Is he mad? Is he hard to get along with? Um, so, and again, when you ask the question, is God real? You have to ask, who's asking the question? We're asking the question. You know, from our perspective, we can we can be easily deceived. Um, if I were a little minnow in the ocean, and all I knew was probably maybe, um, I don't know, maybe my, my my world in that ocean was like 20 feet by 20 feet by 20 feet. So I lived in this 20-foot cubic uh, volume of water. Do you think that I could tell you from just my little experience, no, it's a real experience, do you think that that minnow is going to know about um, the other side of the world, what's going on in the other uh, the coral reefs, or the um, uh, you know the depth of the ocean, or the ships that have sunk in it, or anything like that. He won't know much of anything, and nor will he know there's anything beyond the ocean. He won't know there's blue sky, there's sandy beaches, there's palm trees, and there's stars. So when we're in this little micro, tiny microcosm of our world, and we're asking to, to you know to know if God is real, when we're asking it from our vantage point. There's no way we're going to be able to answer our own question. Does that make sense? Yeah. So again, you're, so you're going back to is God nice? Is he? Is he? Of course, I think the question you're really asking is, is: is God really who He says He is? Not is He real or not real, but is He who He says He is, and who does He say He is?
0: He says so, He's love. Yeah. That's
2: yes. It. Yes, that's
1: it. So the next question is: Does God lie? That's true, because if you look at what he's written, or he's had written through the prophets and the the, uh, the people who wrote the Bible over thousands of years, that the prophetic words that they said have all come to pass, the things that they explained make sense, um, and many of those prophecies and words have already come to pass, so we know that God does not lie. And even now, as as people are looking back and digging into the earth, in, uh, the archaeological digs, They're actually finding the places, the things that that God said would be there. And when they're digging in the right strata or they're digging in the right time frame, place, they find exactly what the Bible has told us is there. So God has no reason to lie. Why would he lie? How would that serve his purpose to deceive his own creation?
2: Well, in the creation, when we read in the book of Genesis... Uh, when, when he was making the, uh, the the heavens, the earth, all these different aspects, different parts of the heavens and the earth, it says God saw that it was good. Mm-hmm.
0: So mm-hmm. he
2: recognized goodness, and of course, how, how could he not do it good? That shows that he's good. Mm-hmm. In other words, we have uh, a friend that is uh, a dear friend that is a, an excellent uh painter that has come to national recognition now i mean he is very good he is excellent okay his work shows that he was is very good it doesn't just say he's like necessarily a good artist but it talks his character in his heart goes into that work mm mm-hmm. And that's how it is true when he made everything and said it was very, very, very good. So, you know, a good painter, a good uh, craftsman, craftsman mm-hmm. he makes good stuff.
1: Because and it's craft, coming it, out of who it, he the is.
2: Craft, it's coming out of who he is. He makes something, he sees it, he says it's good. Why is it good? Because he knows what he's doing.
0: And he knows. He's skilled, mm-hmm.
2: he's trained. He's doing something good because uh, out of the the goodness and skill of his own, uh,
1: he's good at goodness. Yeah, you know. And the thing is, too, when you ask the question, "Is God real?" and we're the ones asking the question, uh, "Is God nice? Is He kind?" Um, The question is, if I'm asking that, you know, I can only establish as real those things that really physically exist. If if I'm going to go with my five senses, um, then all the parts of me that I can't see or sense or feel or smell, will not even pass the test of matter. And they're in jeopardy of not being real. For example, um, your imagination or your appetite. How do we know that they're real? They're not made of material substances. They're made of, how do you know you're really hungry? Well, you say, well, because I feel it. So the feeling validates, you know, your existence or the existence of the hunger. So then why can't your feelings... Um, validate, I actually think it's more of a, a question of knowing. Validate the existence of love and God as the author of love. So if you're, you know, God has put it in us to know that he is. And I believe through the demonstration of his son, Jesus Christ, and his goodness, his kindness, his love, when he came down here, he was the express image of God. Um, he demonstrated the love and kindness and compassion of God in that he healed the sick. He, he, he you know, brought comfort, he brought health, he brought help, he brought encouragement, he brought food, he brought um, truth, he brought freedom to the people wherever they were. He was, you know, only did good and to those it says here in um, in uh, Luke chapter um, 9, it says um, verse 10, and the apostles when they had returned told him all that they had done and he took them and went aside privately into a de- desert place Belonging to the city called Bethsaida. Bas- and when the multitudes knew it, that they followed him, and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and healed them; those all of those who needed had need of healing. He was speaking to them about the kingdom of God, the that the the king, the place where the king lived, the place where God lived. he came from that place. And on another uh, occasion, they were just the the. the the Jews were furious with him, and they demanded that he would tell them who he was and where he was from. And Jesus said to them, um, this is, I think, in John, he says, um, um, I am from above. This is John 8, he says He says, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. And so he said that he knew where he was from. He said, I am the light of the world. And he said, um, he, hold on, in in, uh, John 8, 14, he says, Jesus said to them, let's back up a a minute. Verse 13, the Pharisees said to him, You bear witness of yourself, your witness is not true. And Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from and where I'm going. See, this is the key. You and I, can and know where we came from if we believe the truth, if we believe what God says. But if you don't, then you're going to be like the Jews and you're going to wonder, I wonder where I got, how I got here, I must have evolved, you know, I'm an accident, um, you know, whatever. So your, your, your whole purpose, identity, meaning comes from that first statement of knowing that we were created by God and that Jesus had the authority to come here to demonstrate who God was because he knew where he had come from.
2: Well, in Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 6, now beginning there, For when we were yet without strength, mm-hmm. in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So much more... Then being now justified by His blood, that's put in right standing, right relationship with God, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Mm-hmm. Um, so God commendeth His love. In other words, demonstrates and expresses His love to us in that when we, while we were in a very desperate, desperate condition, um, you know, lost uh, without without strength. Um, Sinners rebel rebels against God. God just came and says, "I love them so much, even though they're
0: mm-hmm.
2: they're totally." He, if God, you know, God could have said justly, He could have said, "You know what? We're just going to wipe them all out mm-hmm. because of their rebellion." But he, but the love and the justice of God came together in Christ on the cross. Mm-hmm. Justice in that the penalty due our sin. Was paid in full through Jesus, so we don't have to pay that penalty. And the love was demonstrated that even though we were in the most hopeless condition, He reached to us and brought us uh, to Himself mm-hmm. through yeah. bringing His Son Jesus well, to us.
1: And, and one more thing, um, just this is a tremendous passage in First Corinthians chapter two. And it's talking about heavenly wisdom and knowing that we know. And I think this is really important because if anybody's listening to this and they have a question about whether God is real or how to get to God or is he, is he nice, is he good, listen to this in First in Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. It says, However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all the things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So what we're seeing here is that God is telling us that this wisdom, this knowing, this revelation, the resonance of the truth that that hits us, that we know that we know, Goes, is, 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 goes to the, gives, is given to the mature, and it's also a mystery. It's not like it's reasonable or logical, or you can conclude things by you know adding up your stack of columns and figures and opinions and, and figuring it out and calculating it. It says this wisdom is a mystery, hidden wisdom from God. It's ordained for our glory, and he says that the earthly rulers didn't get it, And then he says, I has not seen. So my eyes, your eyes, have not seen. Our ears have not heard yet, nor has entered even into our heart. We can't even comprehend the beautiful things, the the marvelous things that God has prepared for us, those who love him, those who follow, believe. And that's what faith really is. Faith is based on trusting, believing in the faithfulness of God. It's not based on, on, on feelings. It's not based on thinking. And God has revealed those things to us by His Spirit. So He has given us, in our spirit, through His Spirit, that what God says is true. For He says, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man? And then He says, uh, but God has revealed those things to us by His Spirit that we might know. So God's very interested in you knowing that He loves you. He's very interested in you knowing that He um, has these incredibly awesome, beautiful things planned. But all of this discussion, debate, doubt denial uh does not serve you well it doesn't serve anyone well to deny or reject or resist god as we've seen through even the scripture itself they were given over to reprobate minds they began to worship the creatures more than the creator and um
2: there has to be a a first cause we mentioned it earlier you can't say that everything came out of nothing from nobody that <laughs> That sounds. Can you very... say that
1: that provo- profound statement again? Okay. You can't say. You
2: can't say that everything came from nothing, from nobody.
1: Mm-hmm. Out, of nothing from that, nobody. <laughs> out of nothing, from nobody. Out
2: of nothing, from mm-hmm. nobody. And so, there there is a and even the whole theory of the the Big Bang mm-hmm. theory. And just camp on that for a little bit. Okay, I want to um, build a house. Okay, I'm going to build a house. I'm going to build a half a million dollar house mm-hmm. on my property. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to get a whole bunch of lumber.
1: I'm going to stack it nice.
2: No, I'm not no, even going to I stack it. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it in a pile.
1: No, no, no. I think we should just stack it and then throw a stick of dynamite well, in it.
2: Yeah, you're you're, you're ahead of me, but <laughs> I you, so, yeah. So I what read I'm saying, we're going to get uh, several semi loads of lumber and some cement blocks. Throw cement blocks glass nails staples windows. shingles windows
0: mm-hmm.
2: carpet. uh uh electric wire mm-hmm. um let's get some uh plumbing we got to have tile now. carpet tile carpet mm-hmm. door uh, fixtures door fixtures mm-hmm. okay we'll get all that and we'll just unload it and put it all in a big pile and then as you said marty well, let's get That's a whole bunch of dynamite and just Come back
0: and blow it, and
2: up. stay away. And I said, "Okay, let her go, and I'll just push it down." And <gasps> okay, and I'm going to get my house.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, everything ooh, I like is going to cool. come
2: together now.
0: That's brilliant. So
2: yeah, but that's the idea. How some people foolishly think that the Bible says yeah. uh, the Proverbs 14:1, I believe, is that the fool has said in his heart there is no God.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, so, so does that really? I can take a whole bunch of computer parts, throw them into a washing machine. I could let them crank there for a million years. Do you think we'd get a a computer? A laptop? A laptop would come Uh, out of it. No. No. So that's that's the idea over the billions of years. So, but the thing is, you have to say, okay.
0: So then the question.
2: Let me just mm -hmm. say this. My pile of home building supplies. Mm -hmm. They get blown up. Mm -hmm. Okay, but then where did the Home building supplies come from.
1: And the dynamite.
2: And the dynamite. And you. Yeah. Where did I come from? So, it, it, And who
1: gave you that crazy it, it, idea it, it, to blow it up anyway? I'd well, like to know. Well,
2: that's, that's really how the Big Bang Theory Well, works. I think that's it, it the devil working. It's so it, stupid. It, it's the, again, in Romans chapter 1,
0: mm-hmm.
2: we become vain in our imaginations mm-hmm. and our foolish hearts are darkened. We profess to become wise, but we become fools.
1: So does this make sense to you? Hello? ...choice then
3: as to whether to um, be open to the revelation of God.
1: What, did, what was the first part of that question? Can we be open, did you say?
3: It sounds like you're saying that I have a choice oh, yes. as to whether to be open to that revelation or not. I have a sister mm-hmm. who is fearful of God, and so she meditates at least an hour a day, and she is real strong on reincarnation so mm-hmm. that you just keep coming back till you get it right. Now, I don't know who decides when you get it right.
1: Yeah, well, if there's no God. And, you know, that's pretty sad um, you're, that you and her, obviously being sisters, were raised in the same, technically probably similar environment. You were in the same house, same parents. Is that correct? So, what makes you different from her, indeed, if you are believe in God, and she's what? By the way, what is she meditating on?
3: Well, she she lights a candle and has a Buddha statue, and then meditates. She's building into Christian science, and then she meditates to be peaceful.
1: Mm. So she's trying to empty out her mind of all conflicting Stressful, thoughts,
2: stress, and conflict.
1: Well. So, so, But she has to work at holding on to that peace because she has to meditate an hour a day and light the candle, right?
2: That sounds like a very stressful way to get peace.
1: Yeah. Well, what happens on the days when she doesn't have time to meditate, does she lose her peace then?
3: I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: Well,
1: the thing is, it, her whole life is, is controlled. She's chained to beliefs that she doesn't believe she believes. I mean, she's saying, I don't believe in God. And why is it easier to not believe in God and do all this rigmarole than to just say, you know what, I believe, I surrender, I believe. Why is it so hard for people to say, to say, I, I believe, Lord, I believe that you're real. Come into my heart, I believe what you said. And this is the whole point of salvation. This, is, this will prevent you from having to reincarnate if, indeed, there is such a thing, which I doubt, because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. So you don't get to come back. Uh, I mean, what are you going to come back as? You're, the, you're in the highest um, tier of creation as it is. You're going to come back as an ant and start over. And how are you going to learn it? Uh, there's, it's pointless. It's stupid. It doesn't work. Reincarnation is the devil's invention, resurrection is Jesus' is truth, and reincarnation is the devil's counterfeit and again it goes back to people who are rebellious, people who are hurt, people who are mad, people who don't want to admit they're wrong, people who are um just deceived.
2: And and it gets back to faith as well because so sometimes people think faith is just like blind faith. You've heard that expression blind faith where just oh yeah, I just kind of believe. but if you're going to believe something, you should be you should have good reason to believe or
1: not to believe
2: uh or but like so if faith is my faith is good if i go out to my car my battery's strong i've got gas in the tank i've got the key
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh if i go and say you know what this car is ready to go mm-hmm. so i go open unlock the door get in mm-hmm. uh, or open the door <laughs> get in and put the key in, get it started, battery does its job, the fuel is there. So my faith is good, because I have a good object of my faith. Mm-hmm. Okay?
1: In other words, you're not disappointed, and, and your yeah. car doesn't start.
2: So, yeah. I mean, if I if I expect, you know, if I've got an old, ratty bicycle... Out in the corner of the garage, and I go out there and expect that that's going to perform at the same level as my car. The tires that would not be that would be missing. That would not be faith. That would be just foolishness. So let me share this. Um, in, in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse three, it says, "Through faith we understand that worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen." Mm-hmm. We're not made of things which do appear. So faith gives understanding. I understand by faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. So, so when God says he created the universe, mm-hmm. and I see what the universe, I mean, my little chunk of it, I see its intricacy, I see its beauty, I see its power, I see its order. I have to say... I don't have a problem with that. Well, I don't have a problem with the fact that God created that because right. I see the creation.
1: You don't have a problem with it, and I think that's the point. And the point is, too, like what the verse he was just reading. Again, this proves the accuracy of the Bible when he's saying that um, uh, faith, the, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It sounds like a riddle. And back in the day when this was written, they had not yet discovered atoms, particles, nutrients, uh, protons, electrons, and stuff like that. So we see now that everything that we're looking at that we see is made out of things that we can't see. They're made out of molecules and electrons and vibrations and all that stuff. And so the Bible here is already telling you something scientifically that we can't even understand until we uh, finally get a microscope and we get to be able to see these things under that electron microscope and whatnot. But going back to your sister, I think the sad thing is um, just the, the, the uh, bondage that the lie has produced the cave, the f- familiar spirits. The, it's it's not satisfying It the fruit of what she's doing is not satisfying. It sounds like you have a faith in God and she has nothing. And so the fruit of your life is going to be more and more peace and joy and hope and love. And hopefully she will see that, and that will be the thing that will attract her to what you have. Does that make sense?
0: hmm Yes.
1: Yeah. Because I think, again, um, the people who don't have God don't have, and, and we see them all around, whether they're children or teens or adults, they don't really have hope. They don't really have a purpose. They don't really have a life. They exist, they consume uh, food and air and space, but they don't really produce, they don't, there's no point. How can, We just can't live in that sub-low-lying, sub-below-whatever meaning and purpose life. We can't live in that place and have joy and have vitality. Were created by God for much, much more.
2: So, so the, the, our minds have become uh, darkened. Um, in um, I believe it's Second Corinthians four, where it talks about that the God of this age,
0: That's small right. g, mm-hmm.
2: small g, the God of this age, that That's would be blinded. Satan. Mm-hmm. He is the prince of the power of the air that just kind of has this mm-hmm. sway and influence over the earth
0: mm-hmm. at
2: this at this point in time. Even though he's under the ultimate sovereignty of God, has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. Mm-hmm. So once people put their faith in Jesus Christ, there is an enlightenment mm-hmm. that's there mm-hmm. uh, that um, uh, makes it gives, us faith. it gives us faith. There's without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith. Um, there comes a time where you don't really have any doubts or questions about. You just believe. You just, believe. You just go
1: for Let me. Offer you one more thing as we're getting ready to close here. Um, if you want to pray for someone like that, and maybe there's someone else who'd be listening tonight who has a loved one who is really stuck in a place of doubt, unbelief, denial, or a, a false religion or meditating mantras, yoga, whatever it is, you know, gurus, false gods, what you really want to do because you love them, and that is the motivation, that is the proof of God, is the love of God in you is the proof of His existence you begin to do what God says he's given you power to do, and part of that is to bind and loose. You bind that spirit of doubt, unbelief, denial, um, rebellion, blindness, hardness of heart, that is put a veil over your loved one's eyes, over their soul so that they can't see. They don't even know that they need prayer. They don't even know that they're bound. The, the, The prison that Satan has them in is so deceptive that they don't even realize it's a prison. But you begin to bind those spirits, deal with them as spirits, spirit of deception, spirit of blindness, spirit of the God of this world, um, binding them, which means you're forbidding them to operate. You're binding, you're shutting down their their uh, rights to activate or operate in that person's life. And you release or loose, as the Bible says, loose the revelation of Jesus Christ into the mind, the heart, the soul uh, that God will create in your sister or in your loved one, a desire for him, that he... he is much more interested in, in rescuing them than you are. But the thing is, it's urgent about this: is that if they don't know if they and their life comes to an end and they don't know, um, then they they don't have. They're not going to be able to go to heaven unless, of course, God reveals Himself to them at some tenth second after they're dead, which doesn't last long. If it is indeed, I don't know. We've we've heard of near death experiences, so I'm not going to say they're not going to go to hell or heaven. But I'm saying that it's very, very critical that God is revealed to them, and the only way that works is for you. The only thing you can do is just lift them up to the Lord, love them, and pray for them. Does that make sense? Sense binding and loosing. Bind the strong man of unbelief. Bind the strong man of fear or anger or uh, the liar that says there is no God or I don't believe God. Bind that. Shut him up. Shut him down. You have authority. Jesus said, I give you authority a power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. You can tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So this is what we need to do.
2: Well, thank you very much for calling in tonight. We appreciate yeah, your questions. Yeah, thanks for taking my
1: call. Yes.
2: Certainly. Thank great. you. Have good. a good evening.
1: And for the rest of you, too, who um, have loved ones who don't believe, uh looks like Jerry has one more scripture
2: he wants to read Yep, yeah, just a couple things here uh, before... Uh, you close tonight, uh, Colossians one sixteen, from the Amplified Bible. For it says, "For it was in Him." That's referring to Jesus Christ, the Son of mm-hmm. God. So everything was created through the Son of God.
0: Mm-hmm. He is okay?
2: the means by which the He's the means by which the Father created everything. Mm-hmm. For it was in Him that all things were created. In heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things were created, and exist through Him, by His service, His intervention, and in and for Him,
1: mm-hmm.
2: everything now comes together
1: it, in Jesus Christ. Comes then, together in it?
2: Jesus Christ, and and this is this is a wonderful uh, praise. Excuse me, a praise to Him in. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Mm-hmm. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Amen.
1: They are and were created. And Father, we just thank you tonight. We thank you that we have been created by you for your pleasure that I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that you have prepared for those who love you. And may we be encouraged by this promise, Lord, even in the midst of what may look like a very terrible situation, feeling very stuck, abandoned, forgotten by your God, that there is none that are forgotten by you. You know all of us. And so I pray tonight, Father, that you'd encourage each one who's listening, those who will be listening, encourage our hearts to look forward to that day, but to know right now, in this very moment, there is no condemnation. You are real. You are with us. And that we can, um, we are a testimony to your reality, to your love, your goodness, because you have been faithful to us, Lord. And so I pray that all doubt, unbelief, uh, the our arguments and murmuring and complaining that the devil would set up in our minds is shut down. And we will open our mouths to praise you, Father God. We thank you for this great opportunity. We thank you for the callers, those who are listening And we pray your divine blessing upon each one of us now, Father, in Jesus' name. And we invite you to join us next week. We're going to have another question about what about God? Is he real? Um, Where does he come from? Or uh, the next question on the list. So God bless you. Have a good night. Have
2: a good evening.
0: I have an emergency. What is your location?
2: for yourself.